0: But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Home Energy Design. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and this month, The Gates team has decided to share some of our favorite shows from the past. This show originally aired, the one that I'm sharing with you today, originally aired five years ago in the fall of 2014. And here's the thing, I've been doing this podcast for many, many years, and we have so many fantastic interviews that I've done. And I feel like some of these older ones, like the one I'm sharing today, have really gotten buried because we've had so many new interviews that are just as fantastic. So what's unique about Lori, aside from her amazing natural healing skills, is that she is one of the, the guests that I had on the first year that I launched this show. And unfortunately, because that file is technically considered archaic <laughs> in tech terms, my new Mac wouldn't open it up. But you can always head on over to iTunes and look it up. The original show was called Zen Chakra, and it's actually on its own platform. It was in place for about a year before I launched this show, which this show has had a metamorphosis of of several different names. But... Um, we originally started out as Zen Chakra and I just left that in place. So you can go on over to iTunes and check that out if you're interested. This file that I'm sharing with you today is actually five years old and my Mac thought twice about opening this one. (laughs) So luckily, uh, I was able to regurgitate it back into uh, the newer format and uh, turn it into a new file. So But the reason that I wanted to rerun this show is simple. Lori is an incredible naturopath and her story is incredible. If you are dealing with any kind of chronic disease, this is who you want to work with and really someone that you want on your side to help you not only pinpoint what's going wrong, but to actually fix it. And I'm excited to announce that Lori will actually be back on the show this fall for a third time. So how cool is that? I mean, we've been running this show so long now, we're actually uh, getting guests back like Tisha Morris three and four times, that's pretty awesome. I just wanna dive into some quick housekeeping. If you're in the market to buy or sell a home in Nashville and you wanna ensure that you have the correct energy alignment to support that process, Be sure to reach out to me Uh, i'm developing a wait list for those interested in working with me in the nashville area once i get my real estate license which should be this fall and so we've already uh, collected quite a few names that are interested Um, so if you're one of them be sure to contact us and let us know what your time frame is like the goal is for amanda to have (laughs) this all, all done by the end of october so if that's something that meets up with your time frame let us know Mastering Feng Shui will have early bird enrollment for those that are on the wait list and it opens in 12 days. So head on over to the website now and get on that list if you wanna be notified when the doors are open. And plus you'll be getting special discounts and a couple of other things. So be sure if that's something that you're interested in that you take care of that because otherwise general enrollment opens up in September and you won't get all the perks and all the good stuff and the discounts. Alrighty. Join me as we rewind back to 2014, where I sit down with Master Herbalist and Healer, Lori Jacobs. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Design 101. I'm your host, Amanda, and today's guest is Lori Jacobs, a naturopath, herbalist, and energy healer. In 1995, Lori's daughter fell ill with Epstein-Barr syndrome. All the doctors could tell Lori was that she needed more rest. But her daughter slept every waking hour. After realizing that Western medicine wasn't going to work, Lori turned to the knowledge that her grandmother had taught her about holistic medicine. It was her daughter's illness that made Lori take things into her own hands, and based on her grandmother's teachings, Lori created a holistic tincture called endocrine strengthener. Within six weeks of taking it, her daughter was back to normal. Her tincture was made of safe herbs that supported the immune system. This led Lori to her path as a holistic healer. Afterwards, Lori herself decided to take this tincture to help rid off the many colds that she kept coming down with. To her amazement, not only did she rid off the colds, but after suffering from alopecia for over 11 years, suddenly her hair began to grow back. In 2002, Lori started the healing path. To wean clients off traditional medications. Since then, Lori has focused on creating holistic medicines to help people with autoimmune disorders, cholesterol, cancers, and more. Join me as I sit down with Lori today to discuss holistic medicine, health, wellness, and getting back to basics. Hi, Lori. Welcome to the show. Hi, Amanda. It's great to talk to you. Ah, Finally, we've had some (laughs) technical difficulties, so we're going to cross our fingers and hope for the best here. Give us a little bit of background about you and how you basically fail, uh, or uh, fell into becoming a nature path.
1: Well, it was something that had happened oh, I guess we could go way back to I had a condition called alopecia, totalis, which is an autoimmune disease in which my immune system attacks my hair follicles. Basically, I was bald for 11 years no eyebrows, no eyelashes. And then it attacked my thyroid gland. I gained weight. And so that was the way I was living. And this was from 1984 to 1995. And most of that was before the internet. I was certain that I was the only person in the world with this condition. I had resigned myself to this is the way it was. I believe I got it from a Blood, uh, blood transfusion that I had when I after I had an ectopic pregnancy that had ruptured, and I went in for emergency surgery. I pacified myself by saying, at least of all the autoimmune diseases I have, I have something that is not life threatening, life changing, yes, but not life threatening. After trying everything that uh, allopathic medicine had to offer, I said, "Look at this is it? It's the way it is. I give up." Until 1995, when my daughter, who was a senior in high school at that time, came down with Epstein-Barr syndrome. And Epstein-Barr is basically a virus that really diminishes your immune system. She was very sick. She was in a lot of pain. Her leukocytes were very high. It was very scary at first because my family does have leukemia in it so that was the first thing we worried about that she had leukemia luckily it came back that she did not and after very extensive testing by a very very good endocrinologist he said that it's Epstein-Barr at the time it was a new thing they called it the yuppie disease and some doctors didn't even really believe that it existed but after all was said and done the only thing she could do was as he said get enough sleep eat right and hope her immune system bounces back the funny thing is that when he said that I thought my head would explode because that's basically what the doctors were telling me for 11 years only I was not getting any better and I could not accept that she was gonna stay that way the whole time because she was very ill She actually did not have to repeat her senior year, and I don't know how. It's just uh, her determination, I guess, because she was that sick. After the horrific news from the doctor that there's nothing they could do, I started thinking about things that I'd learned when I was young from my Norwegian grandmother and also from my father's best friend, who was a Ute Indian. And they taught me a little bit about herbs and how they can help you. And I started remembering these things. It was a blessing because for some reason during the 80s, people got away from that. What I didn't know, I read everything I could get my hands on about herbs. And I said, well, if the doctors can't do anything for my daughter, Autumn, I will make Autumn an herbal tincture. I wanted to go with herbs that were, they called uh, grass, generally re- regarded as safe. I put together an herbal tincture with like ginger and licorice and padarco and just seven really wonderful herbs that really support the immune system. So it took about six weeks because that's, it does take at least six weeks to make a tincture before I had anything for her. And when I started her on it, within two weeks, we saw such a difference. She got better. When she did recover completely, I had quite a bit left over. So thinking to myself, well, I have an autoimmune disease. Let me see if, you know, that'll help. And I'm not even sure if I even remembered, you know, put two and two together. But I thought at least I won't get as many colds as I'll be getting or as I have been getting. I started taking it. And within a month, I saw my hair growing back, which was something that I hadn't really expected. So long story short, I continued taking it. When that was gone, I made more. And I've been taking it ever since. My hair grew back and everything. And um, little by little, people started coming to me. They'd have arthritis. So I'd make a tincture for that or they would have migraines i'd make a tincture for that and before i knew it i had a tincture for just about anything you can imagine and this is what i've been doing since right now um, i guess through my website many people have found me i have people with alopecia all over the world who take it and they're all very pleased with it so that's kind of how i got my start <laughs> And
0: from that, you became a, a nature path and an herbalist. So, yes. tell us what that is and how that's different from a traditional Western doctor.
1: Well, a traditional Western doctor. You know, if you would have looked at a traditional Western doctor about oh a hundred years ago, it might not. I might not be that different from them because. They used herbs and whatever they had at hand. But today, everything is pharmaceutical. And um, the mindset, I believe, is that when you have a plant that heals, the scientist wants to get it in the lab and dissect it and find out what is that magic bullet. And then they take the most effective part of the plant that they believe is is working for whatever reason they want to use it for, and they synthesize it. And then you no longer have a live herb. You have a synthetic pharmaceutical. Now, I'm not saying that it doesn't work, but it doesn't work like the plant. Uh, The plant, a lot of times, the herbs that I use are what they call adaptogens. And that would be, say, if the herb was an adaptogen for blood pressure, if your blood pressure was high, it would bring it down. If your blood pressure was low, it would bring it up so in other words, it brings it to center it normalizes it, whereas the pharmaceuticals are made for a specific uh direction it's 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 point specific so if it's going to bring your blood pressure down and your blood pressure is already low, it's going to bring it down more so that's the that's kind of the difference between pharmaceuticals, and herbal medicines. Herbal medicines allow your body to help with the healing.
0: Why do you think we've gotten so far away, like you were mentioning earlier about The 80s and really pushing pharmaceutical meds, which I know greed is a big part of it. But why have we gotten so far removed from something that we've had for centuries and and has clearly worked?
1: Well, I believe it was uh, it, it started. Oh, geez, back it was over 100 years ago when the Rockefeller and the Carnegie. Uh, foundations got together and they supported uh allopathic medicine and they would give colleges grants if they only used allopathic medicine and it from there, I think it just took off. people left the old ways behind they left the herbal and plus there isn't a lot of money to be made off of herbs because you can't patent it but to me i I still think I can make a living off of it but I don't make a killing, <laughs> you know, and, and I think, I think, uh, allopathic medicine has become such a moneymaker that people don't want to make a living. They want to make a killing. You know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Greed, greed. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the benefits then uh, of choosing a holistic, all-natural option versus allopathic? Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what are some of the benefits of, of going all-natural and, and holistic versus, you know, taking a synthetic pill?
1: Well, the uh, one of the most important benefits is that it's more like food. It's not like medicine, so it's something you can take every day and you don't have to worry about overdosing on it. It's something that if it cures, it also prevents. It's it's more of a lifestyle and it's more of a healthy lifestyle. And I find that it allows the body to heal instead of forcing the body to go in one direction or the other. It works with your body because I believe there's uh, so much to do with healing. It's not just what we eat in our environment. It's what we think. It's, and, and, and this is why placebos work. Because you have to consider every aspect when it comes to healing. And if if you are working with a venue like herbs, that is something that the body is used to, evolutionarily speaking, it's what we've used forever. And the body is well adapted to that. So if you can add other aspects to that, like positive thinking and healthy lifestyles, you're, you're going to get the best of health.
0: And did you, back in the 80s when you were suffering from alopecia, you know, you were trying Western medicine, which clearly wasn't working. Um, I have to think that that would be depleting and kind of... I guess, upsetting and almost maybe affecting your positive thinking because you weren't finding a result or a solution. So I would I would think that that would hit kind of in the center of, oh, well, I guess there is isn't a solution.
1: I, I'd say one of the things that bothered me the worst about that time was the, um, the, the steroidal medicines that they used to try to... I'm not quite sure, but I think it's basically to suppress your immune system so that Although it's attacking the healthy tissue, you don't, instead of correcting it, they suppress the immune system. And I just thought the side effects were awful from that. And I'm so glad, back then I didn't know how bad they were, but I did stop taking it. And then there were also the injections in the scalp that were meant to irritate it and make the blood circulate there better and maybe grow some hair. That didn't work either. So they were, I guess, two of the worst. So I did not stick with them very long and I, well, they didn't work anyway. So that was probably the worst of that part. And now I understand uh, so much more than I did back then, of course, that really when it comes to uh, steroidal medicine, which can be very damaging to the immune system, uh, I have found several times when i've injured myself and everything i just use uh, turmeric which is a root herb it is every bit as anti-inflammatory as steroids and it doesn't have any of the bad side effects so i have used that successfully many times with like a shoulder impingement that i had and uh anytime you know i As I get older, I can feel when my body gets inflammatory and then I just take a little extra, you know, turmeric in a tincture form and it works great. And how empowering
0: to be able to create that on your own and be more in tune with your body and nature to be able to create a solution and also to be able to take care of something rather than trying to make an appointment at a doctor's office to get the a solution that's probably gonna be like oh well you know there's nothing we can do for you.
1: Uh, It is empowering Um, and I have a couple really good doctors that are really they understand me completely and I, I, I had some doctors that didn't like what I was doing and they you know let me know that I wasn't following their advice, but I was basically going to them for a diagnosis. So I changed doctors and I found a couple really good doctors and they understand that when I'm there, I'm there for a diagnosis. Don't bother writing a script because I, I won't take it. So it's just finding a doctor who'll listen to you and understand you as a person. That, that's that been great for me.
0: So that would definitely uh, bring up the question of You know, when should someone choose natural uh, versus synthetic options? I mean, I think that there's a lot that holistic medicine can cure and help uh, and maintain. But I would say in addition to that, that, you know, there are things about Western medicine that do work for like, say, major traumas and whatnot. But when should someone choose Western medicine over herbs or choose herbs over Western medicine?
1: Well, it's it's a good question, and it's a very personal question. Without a doubt, trauma, any kind of trauma, you should use uh, Western medicine. Uh, if, I mean, if it's severe trauma, where like, you know, when ICU is one of the greatest places, be- and I have um, had the opportunity to experience it with my husband, who had a very, very severe motor- motorcycle accident in um, 2008. I cannot say enough for what they did for him, because he would not have lived without them. That's definitely a time to take uh, Western medicine. As far as chronic conditions, I believe any almost any chronic condition you can treat with holistic medicine and have a much better outcome than with Western medicine.
0: So I think that's the challenge, like you said, is just finding a doctor that's willing to work alongside of you or work with you. Yes. Uh, so that it's a it's a complementary medicine to keep your health and wellness.
1: Right. I think anytime you have a doctor that doesn't listen to you or doesn't seem to respect you, or if you don't feel comfortable telling your doctor anything, it's time for a new doctor.
0: Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. You mentioned earlier that a lot of your tinctures, which uh, we'll be giving Lori's website at the end of the podcast, but I mean, you've got tinctures for all kinds of things. You had mentioned arthritis, migraines, cholesterol, I mean, diabetes, depression. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Yeah. Let's back up a little bit and just explain what a tincture is sure. and how people can use them.
1: A tincture is just another word for extract. So you know how when um, you go to the store and you buy that little bottle of vanilla extract? Yeah. That is basically the same procedure as when you make an herbal tincture. But the extract, they use that word more for flavoring foods. But a tincture is more the word for an extract made from herbs that is used... For medicinal purposes. So the way that is made, and I had said earlier, it takes about six weeks to make an extract. You take the dry herbs that you are starting with, that you want, you build a tincture for a certain um, uh, medical problem. You take the dried herbs or sometimes fresh herbs and you, that's called the mark Uh, I put it in like a gallon jug, and then they have the menstruum, which is the liquid. Now, some people uh, in in the older times, they used to use vinegar to extract the uh, medicinal properties from the herb. But more often now, uh, it is done with food-grade alcohol. I like the food-grade alcohol method because... It preserves it an herbal tincture lasts about ten years, has a shelf life of ten years. Wow, and you know that's provided that you' keep it away from a heat source and out of the light uh the only thing that'll happen then is it will lose strength if uh exposed to heat and light, and also most alcohol is about fifty fifty alcohol and water, so the water extrudes the water-based properties of the herb. And the alcohol draws out the oil-based properties of the herb. So it brings a pretty good balance of the actual plant that you're using. And it's uh, very easy to take. And as it is an extract, you don't have to take a lot. My how t- do you typically take it?
0: Do you put it in tea or food or just drink
1: it? Or what do you typically, how do you do it? Typically, it's when somebody starts out, they take their dose, which is one dropper full per 50 pounds of body weight, and add it to a juice because it's a flavor that most people are not used to anymore, although you do quickly get used to the flavor, the herbal flavor. And before I know it, most of my clients are saying, Yeah, I'm put on, you know doing it sublingually, putting it right in my mouth or just putting it in a little bit of water and drinking it. And that's the way I take mine. I just add mine to a little bit of water and drink that.
0: So how does, you know, I really feel that health and wellness is all complementary. It's kind of like a package deal of doing everything holistically from, you know, uh, making your own home cleaners to taking care of yourself and working out and eating right. How does... Uh, a tincture or, or an herbal medicine work if somebody isn't doing these other things? Does it, Is there a large effect or will they still work?
1: Well, it's like a little bit of good is better than no good. <laughs> <laughs> Makes so, sense. Yeah, I, I have a lot of people who, you know, they still smoke and do things that are bad for them, but they're better off you know taking a tincture or cutting out sugar so anything you can do this is my because this is my attitude I deal with a lot of people and everybody is different and if you can do what you will do to heal yourself it's better than doing nothing Mm -hmm. and uh, I have some people and I find older people uh, who are very indoctrinated uh, with the Western medicine way of life. Uh, there's just no getting through. They they'll they'll do things like stop smoking and uh, things like that. But it it's very hard to explain what herbal medicine is to them, and it it surprises me sometimes because I think. Th- that generation, their parents probably only lived off of herbal medicine. Nevertheless, uh, I let people be who they're going to be. You can't change. So I try to find that point in a person, like how much they will, what they're willing to accept. And I won't go past that. I won't push it any further than that.
0: It's absolutely one small thing. You know, I've worked with many business coaches over the year and over the years. And they always say, you know, if nothing else, just focus on one thing a day or three things a day or whatever works best for you. And if it's one small thing, it's one thing closer to your goal. I think that the overall result of feeling better and having results that they may not be used to from other trials and errors, whether it be from Western medicine or something else. But if they do get a solution, I could see where that one would be empowering and two maybe would result in them wanting to do more or research more about how they can do other things to improve their health.
1: Yes, uh, this is, is so right. If if they start with one of the tinctures that is the one that cured my daughter and it also cured my auto autoimmune disease and I use it for all autoimmune diseases, is the endocrine strengthener. And it's not not really a bad-tasting one, but most people that are not used to it are a little taken aback at first. However, once they've been taking it for a good month or two, they all of a sudden don't mind the taste. I'm not sure if they adapt to it or if they relate it to feeling better. But that's one that will really start to strengthen your immune system and you notice it right away you have more energy you don't get sick as often and if that's all all it takes that's fine you know but once people have tried it then they they start expanding a little more and a little more because let's face it it's when you take something and you start feeling better and you can notice it there yeah.
0: i I agree i mean um i've known you for a couple of years now and and uh you were the one that turned me on to raw ginger and so Every single time I go to Whole Foods, I'm always picking up a large root of ginger, and I always have it in my refrigerator now. So yes I'll drink it, uh, we'll steam it on the, the stove and, and drink it as hot tea if David gets a little bit nauseated, which he's actually uh, been nauseous a couple of times this year, and I've been able to just go to the refrigerator Um, you know, slice off some ginger root, put it in some hot water and, you know, he's usually feeling great within 30 minutes. And I love the fact that I can do something, um, so naturally and so holistically and the results are so fast.
1: Yes. I mean,
0: there's no synthetic that can do that.
1: Yeah. Let's tell everybody what you're talking about. And this is a, 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 just one little thing you can do if you feel a cold coming on. I always keep ginger root in my vegetable bin, and as soon as anybody in the house starts with a little sniffles or that tickle in the throat, right away I chop up the ginger into I, I chop it into small bits and I put it in a big quart thermos that I have. It's one of those guys that the thermoses that the construction guys use, you know?
0: Yeah, like a Stanley.
1: Yes, you got it, <laughs> <laughs> and. uh I pour boiling water over that and as soon as you feel a cold coming on every hour you drink at least a quarter or a half cup of that and it's important to do it every hour too that's what really breaks the the cold cycle because it helps your lymphatic system expel uh, the toxins in your body the germs that and uh, if you do that every waking hour For 24 hours, waking hour, you don't have to wake up to do this, when you first feel a cold coming on, that cold nine times out of ten will never amount to anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's probably one of the best tips that I've ever gotten from you. And nausea. When uh, either one of us have an upset stomach or we've eaten something that's bothering us, I'll brew up some ginger tea and 30 minutes, we feel great.
1: Yeah, ginger is wonderful for the digestive tract.
0: And it's so inexpensive, like you can buy a big root of it. I don't know if they have it at more common stores, but like Whole Foods, if you go to the produce section, they've got large chunks of of ginger root and like I'll get um, a pretty good size of it. And I think it's maybe two or three bucks. I mean, we're talking cheap medicine here.
1: Yes, (laughs) you got it.
0: (laughs) I agree with what you were saying earlier about how older generations are definitely more uh, connected to the Western medical system.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm
0: sure that has to do with propaganda and media and, and whatnot. But I feel like there's been a very large trend of people pushing for alternative and more holistic. Uh, alternatives to health and, and looking for more natural ways, which I love seeing the shift. I, th- I think it's um, really uh, showing how we're starting to buck the system, so to speak, and not trusting what our doctor says to us like our, our older generations did. But in your opinion, why do you think that the shift is, is finally starting to occur?
1: I think the shift is finally starting to occur because how often can you come out with a new drug and then before you know it 2 years late later there's you know you're watching tv and it's oh class action lawsuit because this does that and you know um, it turns out that you cannot fill your body with synthetic drugs because ultimately it's a toxin and i think when people, especially as they get, you know, like uh, up in the years, tend to get one prescription, then they get another prescription and another one on top of that. And you start mixing them up and you don't feel good. It doesn't help. So I think that has helped push us over the edge toward holistic medicine more because we've seen the damage that that, uh, too many pharmaceuticals can do. So maybe it's that, Uh, maybe it's just an awakening in us as, you know, conscious
0: human beings. (laughs) Yes.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Um, but whatever it is, I'm, I'm happy to see it. And, uh, I, and I have seen it because when I first started doing this, it was a very different mindset and people would look at me like I had three heads when I'd tell them what I was taking for whatever I was sick with, they yeah, would look. I would agree.
0: I mean, I, I feel like there's definitely been a big shift, even since you and I talked. Uh, Lori and I did a podcast a couple of years ago, and a huge shift with the way that people are now viewing alternative everything. There definitely, there's there's definitely this awakening that is occurring, and I feel like people are looking for more transparency and more answers. Mm -hmm. And there are so many documentaries that are now coming out about true health and wellness and people being cured of obesity, diabetes, cancer. I was just watching a documentary on the GMOs that are in our food system and, and, uh, you know, the things that are in our environment like pesticides and Mm -hmm. how this one gentleman, he was a landscaper. He was taking 36 pills a day. And so... He could barely get out of bed. He could barely work because he was so foggy, Um, lost his libido, had no appetite, like the poor man. I mean, it just felt, it sounded like he was living a life of misery. Yeah. And so he went to his Western doctor and said, look, this isn't working for me. You know, what are my alternatives? What are my choices? And the doctor said, there really are none. So he had to go in like this, the, and this gentleman lived in LA, but he had to go down this alley into this old beat up house. in like the bad part of town where these two doctors and they were real doctors, but they were practicing holistic medicine. And within six weeks of just an organic lifestyle and proper health and nutrition, working out and taking herbs, this gentleman not only lost weight, but cured the diabetes and he's off all medications.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: if that's not a testament to a holistic lifestyle and the why, I don't know what is.
1: Yeah, yes, I I see that with my clients a lot, and it's it's what I live for. When somebody calls me up and says, you know, I've had fibromyalgia, and they went, you know, they really worked and they went through the candida cleanse and did everything I you know told them to do, and then they come back a month later and they go, I feel like a new person. I live for those those reports, <laughs> yeah. because you know that these people have been through a lot, and there are a lot of diseases, and fibromyalgia is one of them it's you know because it's so common now
0: and painful
1: and painful, and you know these people don't look sick, and their doctors can't really help them, so they end up being put on antidepressants because yeah they're depressed they don't feel good and to see people like that bounce back it's it makes your heart leap
0: yeah and and I this goes back to what you were talking about earlier about really finding somebody who uh, doctor wise that really is in tune with who you are and what you're looking for I think that many physicians that choose, more of a holistic or alternative practice are ostracized. Yeah, Um, it's not as much. But I found this quote uh, by the Texas Midwife Association, which I thought was written so brilliantly. Uh, They said, do not underestimate the power of the very strategic propaganda and fear mongering being done that's enshrined by the medical industry which is spearheaded by the financial trade organizations and greed. All alternative healthcare workers in the USA are routinely attacked by propaganda, frivolous lawsuits, and abuse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's so true. I'm, I constantly see articles, just like this documentary, where these doctors who paid $100,000 or more to go to school are professionally trained. As medical doctors, and they're living uh, or running their practice out of a back alleyway in out, you know, L.A. in the worst part of town, so that they yeah. can practice holistic medicine because they've been ostracized by their medical community.
1: Absolutely, and and you have to do it marginally and on the QT a lot. It's sad, but um, I'll give you a perfect example. I uh, I had a client one time, oh, about a year ago, I guess call me and say you know um, lori you don't know this but i had a return of my breast cancer you know and i hadn't heard from her in a while and she said what i did is i started taking baking soda okay she goes every day i took baking soda and molasses and she said when it returned The doctor had noticed the lump, and in the three to four-week time period where she had to go back to the doctor to um, decide what they're going to do this time again, it was gone. And she said, the only thing I did different was I started taking a teaspoon of baking soda and a teaspoon of molasses in water two times a day i'm like really so i looked into it and it turns out there's a lot of reasons why this works cancer can't live in a oxygen rich environment it can't live in a alkaline environment and it needs sugar it's the only form of of nutrient that it can consume so here the baking soda which is sodium bicarbonate alkalizes the body it oxygenates the body uh, in a very unusual way because it's carbon, you or CO two. You can't have CO two. you can't have oxygen without CO two. They work symbionically, and so by that it raises your oxygen level. Also, what the the importance of the molasses is that that has a little bit of sugar in it, and the cancer cells seek out the sugar. So when they take in the sugar, it's kind of like a Trojan horse that gets into the at a cellular level and alkalizes the cancer cell and oxygenates it, and, and it dies. So it's such a simple thing. I mean, since then, I started taking one glass a day. That's the preventative measure. Um, so when I looked into it, and on my website, there's a whole page about it that will tell you the basic way it works and also give you links to start doing your own research on it but when i found out that it works so well i made a meme that because it's so simple and i put it up on a lot of uh... boards uh... like uh... you know cancer now and things like that well you should have seen the trolls come out of the woodwork uh oh, really, just something that you take for indigestion is going to cure cancer? And you can tell the ones because I believe there are people on the Internet who are being paid by big pharma or whoever to negate any kind of good information that you can get out of simple treatments like that.
0: Well, yeah, if it's simple, it doesn't work, right? I mean, right. (laughs) (laughs) so silly i mean you know and it's just like uh i've done many blog posts on all natural home cleaners everything uh, with most of my home cleaners the base is baking soda or vinegar and borax and things like that and it's it's things that my own mother and my grandmother used but it's all natural so that it doesn't harm my pets it doesn't harm my family you know sensitive skin Um, And we've really done an overhaul on our entire house from eating organically, I go to yoga, uh, all natural cleaners, uh, home remedies for our health, just it's an overall overhaul of everything that we do and the way we live for overall health and wellness. And I've seen the results. I've seen and sure, maybe it is the the placebo effect of I'm telling myself it's going to work, but I would take that any day over some synthetic pill that's going to make me feel foggy lose my appetite you know all the horrible side effects yeah that they give us
1: and and you know about uh making your own home house cleaners it doesn't take long either it's oh, so it's cheap simple. it's easy I make my own laundry detergent my own yep. fabric softener <laughs> Yeah, I
0: do too. And like I can make a huge batch of what I call my uh, all natural soft scrub and it's baking soda and Castile soap and a couple of other things and I can mix it up. I put it in a mason jar and it will last us probably two or three months. Yeah. And we get a big old bag of baking soda from Costco for maybe 10 bucks. I mean, I probably get a (laughs) hundred bottles of cleaner and more out of that
1: one bag. It's so cheap. So cheap. And and that's another great reason to use it. It's not only better for you, it's so cheap to make. I think, um oh, I think the laundry detergent turns out to be like five cents a load or something like that. Yeah. And you can
0: throw baking soda in with every load to make your whites brighter and uh, your colors more brighter. I mean, it, there's just so many great uses for it and vinegar.
1: And it removes sour smells and yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's such a great alternative to And I've done so many articles on my blog about phthalates and the synthetics that are in uh, commercial cleaners and the health effects that they have on your family, what they do to your sinuses. You know, there's just, there's so many health benefits to making your own everything. Uh, even salad dressings. I make all of my own homemade salad yep. dressings, which is also inexpensive and fast and easy to do. They taste better.
1: They um,
0: do. And they're they're better for your digestive system.
1: Yes. And another thing that with, especially with you know, going back to um, cleaners and everything like that, they do not have to add all the ingredients that are in there. So you really don't know what's in it. Yeah, that's a good point. If you're applying it to your skin, they must put all the ingredients in. If you're using it to wash your floor or to wash your clothes, uh, they do not have to add all the ingredients.
0: Yeah, that's what's – when I started this overhaul uh, about three or four years ago, I was, you know, I was just doing all of this research on natural cleaners and natural uh, homemade recipes, recipes for things, and I was shocked at the simplicity of everything, of laundry detergents to cleaners to. Um, scrubs and things like that, I was like, no, this can't possibly be three ingredients and only three ingredients. (laughs) One of my favorite all-time cleaners is I use vodka. You don't have to use vodka. You can use isopropyl alcohol. But one of my favorite all-purpose cleaners for like counters and stuff is just taking vodka and cut it in half with water and use some uh, essence oils. Uh, I'll put like tea tree oil or lavender or something like that. That's it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. simple. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how can it be this easy? And you look at like Soft Scrub or a lot of the commercial cleaners are like Windex and they've got 400 ingredients and half of them you can't pronounce and all the colors, the color red and the color blue. and <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay, you're going to love this. I just started making my own foundation because uh, like, I always use the uh, mineral foundation, mm-hmm. the powdered well, now I I use uh it's uh, arrowroot, dried arrowroot and I use cinnamon and uh and cocoa to color it. So you just get the color you want. It's wonderful. I love it. Sounds it sounds
0: like you just want to eat it. <laughs> it
1: smells good. It really does smell good too. So
0: in closing, let me ask you this. For somebody who's listening today that may be a little bit overwhelmed or thinks, oh, my God, there's, there's just so much to this. I can't possibly get started on this. Or maybe even somebody who's been doing a few things. What are some of the best ways for someone to start integrating holistic health and wellness into their lives? What are some tips that you can offer?
1: Do it in little steps. The journey of a thousand miles starts with one step and probably one of the healthiest things you can do is to learn about gmos cut them out of your diet uh as much as you can cut back on white sugar white flour start eating vegetables uh meats simple simple meals i think one of the best things you can do and you know this is because it's from my perspective is to take an herbal tincture that supports the immune system much like my endocrine strengthener, because that, above all, will probably do the most in the quickest time that you will notice and you will start to feel better. So, and drink a lot of water that everyone can do, but you must drink water that is pure water uh, no tap water. It probably has chlorine or Slide. fluid in it. Uh, so, if you're not lucky enough to have a good well, buy water that is either spring water or, you know, distilled water or get a good water filter. Uh, those, those are some of the best things to start with. Easy. Yeah.
0: Nice yep. and easy things. Well, awesome, Lori. I want to thank you for being on the show today. If people are curious about the, your endocrine strengthener or other tinctures that you make or just want to learn a little bit more about who you are and what you offer, how can they find you?
1: Well, they can find me on the web at my website, and that is www.myhealingpath.com, or you can call me uh, on my office phone. If I'm in, I'll get it. If not, I will return your call, and that is 610-381-8999.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to be on the show today and telling us a little bit about what you do and being a naturopath. I really appreciate it.
1: It's always a pleasure talking to you, Amanda.
0: All right. Thanks. We'll talk soon.
1: Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Bye. While I don't believe that Western medicine is a complete curse, I also don't believe that it has all the answers. Our bodies are like well-oiled machines. If they are properly taken care of, they just simply work. Just like a tune-up is recommended for your car every 3,000 miles, it is also recommended that we honor our systems and give it the necessary nutrients it needs to thrive. As Lori stated in the podcast, if it cures, it prevents. Synthetics to me are like taking poison and expecting our enemy to get sick. And while your illness may seem like the enemy, more often than not, you're just hurting yourself. There are huge benefits to going all natural, and if it seems too overwhelming and you are not sure where to start, take it all in stride. As we approach the new year, it is a time of resolutions. It's also about setting goals that will make a lasting impact in your life, so set goals that will make you feel good, feel empowered, and feel accomplishment. Trust me, your body will thank you. For more tips on easy ways to make small yet big changes, visit our website. I have six years worth of articles to help you get started. I want to thank you for listening today. I'm your host, Amanda, and if you like this podcast, leave us a review or subscribe. If you have any questions or comments, you can find us online at GatesInteriorDesign.com or find me on Twitter at the Amanda Gates. Here's to living your best life. Bye for now.